So we're going to come back to that term in a moment. Right before we do, Ron was mentioning before the offering that uh, you know our commitment as a church is uh, to take part of your offerings and your gifts and use them in ministry. And uh, one of those ministries, actually tonight, when you come for the uh, potluck and, and uh, sharing and communion together, which I'm really looking forward to that time with you, uh, one of those ministries that we have committed as a church to being a part of is a table in the wilderness up in uh, uh, Wyoming. And we had a crew that went up there a while back and did some work. And, and so tonight they're going to give a little testimony of uh, uh, just the things that God did through their hands and sore muscles, and, but also in their hearts. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, along with that, tonight, today, right after this service, uh, if you are able... We need to, to stack the chairs off to the side so we can set up the tables for the potluck, except for these first couple rows. Let's keep them there so that you can hang around for the lunch and learn. And uh, that's a, that'll be kind of a cool thing. Uh, how, how many of you have actually been through this whole building? What? Okay, there's a lot of you are going to be in for a little bit of a shock because the parts you sit in look pretty nice. But there's a whole section here that's part of uh, the challenge and, and uh, why we're... we're uh, wanting to do a good job of being stewards of what God's given us. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll dig into the Scripture together. Father, thank you. Thank you for these people and, and their generosity, their, their heart for you that causes them to give their offerings, their tithes, and thank you for the opportunity we have to touch other lives through it in our community, Project Hunter, Hunger Being One, uh, places like Table of the Wilderness, even, even across the seas, and into uh, other continents, and so we're just really grateful to be able to be a part of those things, and, and we do know that, first of all, it's because of you, because of the way you take care of us and provide for us, but in our case, as true in our church, is because these folks here uh, give freely, and we so thank you. Thanks, Lord, for your word. We're going to dig into a topic today that, uh, it's one of those words that we're, we won't we don't know how to take sometimes. Uh, we just got our own impression of what it means. So much of it is negative, and, uh, and yet it, it's not. And so, Lord, as we, as we think it through in, in, in line with your word, which is really what we need to do, because anytime we don't, we get off track, just guide this conversation, and we'll thank you for the things you're going to teach us, and just pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Back in, in early, early American colonial days, uh, one of the things that you might see in a town if you lived back in those days is uh, one of these, stocks. And, uh, you know, if, unfortunately, hopefully you would see it from a distance and not firsthand like this character did. But uh, a story I ran across a while back was a story of a young man was walking through his town and he came across a friend of his who happened to be in stocks just like that. And he said to him, he said, wow, what did you do? And his friend said to him, he says, well, I just picked up a rope. I was walking along the street. I saw a rope. I picked it up. I took it home. And he said, and this is what they did to you just for picking up a rope? He said, this, that's not right. He said, you know, I know the town magistrate. I, I'm going to go to bed. This is, this is not right. Somebody needs to stand up for you. You should not get in that much trouble just for picking up a rope. And about that time, his friend that was in stock says, well, before you do that, maybe I ought to tell you that the rope was hooked to a little ox. And so that was part of the problem. Isn't that, isn't that the way it is? You know, we, we, get, uh, we get caught in, in whatever it might be. And, and uh, so our tendency is to admit 
to as little as possible to somehow get out of the situation. And so, you know, like that guy, well, it's just a rope, well, I guess it was a rope with an ox. And, and you know, so, so that, that kind of fits into our discussion this morning. We're going to talk about a word that really sounds archaic to us. Uh, it is one of those words that brings up all kinds of negative images and perspective. It's, it's the word repent. And, and the reason it hits us that way is because we really don't understand what's going on. You, you heard in the, in the clip there a little bit about it, but, but usually when we hear this word, like he said, we, hear, we think of things like, you know, one of those uh, just angry street corner preachers, I hesitate to even use that title for them, that, you know, are just, and then you look at the back of this t-shirt, and that's about what it is, you know, God hates you, that's their, that seems to be their message, or we think, we go, if you know a little bit about the Bible, you go way back in the Old Testament, and you think of one of these, you know, the Old Testament prophets, and the sackcloths, and, and the ashes, and, and so that's our perspective, so often of this word, repent, but the reality is, it, it is a word that simply means a change of direction. And the reality in the context of God's word is, it is, it is a decision to get off of one path and onto another. And, and usually, or often, what leads up to this decision, hopefully, is a history of making wrong decisions. You ever notice, you know, we, you ever been in the situation, you know, where, where we keep doing the same thing over and over again? In fact, here, you ever heard this definition of insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. You ever been caught in that rut? You don't have to raise your hand. I, I have, you know, and it, and it could be, I mean, it's it just, you know, you keep, you keep, you say to yourself, in fact, maybe you, you say something like this, why does this keep happening to me? And, and if you, if you pause to think about it, if the reason it keeps happening is because I keep doing the same thing. And somehow I think if I do it a number of times, enough times, eventually it's going to end differently, and, and it doesn't. Or, or maybe you say it like this. You know, why, why does it seem like, you know, every several times a week, me and my spouse, we, we get into this situation. We're constantly fighting. Why is this always happening? And and again, the reality is, if you checked, it's probably because one or the other of you, or both of you, you're doing the same thing over and again, over again. And, and you're thinking that, well, this time it's going to end differently, but it doesn't. Or, or maybe you say it like this, uh, why do I keep losing jobs, you know? Why, why does it seem like I can never hang on? And, and again, you know, why is it that I never seem to be able to get along with my fellow workers very long? Or why is it that I never seem to get along with the boss or... Or why do I keep losing people under me? And, and, uh, and, and if someone were, were not so frightened of you to s- say, well, it's because of this. You keep doing this, you know, and, and it could go on and on. Why, aren't, why am I always struggling financially? Well, I keep making the same kind of decisions. And, or, or why do I always feel so distant from God? So, we, we, you know, we get into these, on this treadmill of an insanity, and it keeps ending with the same results, and we keep wondering why. And, and we keep asking the question, and the, re, and the answer is, because we're doing it the same way. We're doing it the same way. So, so that's where repent fits in, because what that repentance is, is an invitation by God to get off of that treadmill, to stop the insanity, 
to, to head down a path, in fact, a path that is by his design, as, as the video said, a, a path that, that brings refreshment into your life, that brings blessing. Now, now, we're smart enough to know, and especially if you've hung here through this whole study of Nehemiah, as we've been walking through this historical uh, uh, story of an individual named Nehemiah who, remember, God moved into his life. He, he got word that he was all the way up in Persia, 800 miles away from where his ancestry was, the, the nation of Israel, and, and especially the capital city of Jerusalem. So, and, and, and very possibly he had never even been there in his entire life. So he's in Persia, but he gets word that back in Israel, especially in, in the city of Jerusalem, their capital city, the city that, that they once bragged about, that they held pride in, the, the city where people would come from all over the world to see Solomon's gardens and the temple, and, and, and he got word that it was in rubble. It was destroyed, uh, and it broke his heart. And, and you remember, if you, if you were early on in the study, he, he, he went to God. He, he didn't know what he could do. He didn't know if he could do anything. He didn't even know if he was supposed, supposed to do anything. All he knew is his heart broke for, for what was happening to his people down there. And, and through a series of, of, of amazing events, God opened the door for Nehemiah to go down there and actually... Help the people, and 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 it's just and in spite of uh, you know, in spite of enemies, in spite of all kinds of obstacles. So here's the point: is you know, when I talk about repentance and God's path brings blessing, we we also know by this study that we have an enemy, and he's not going to let off. But here's God's promise: you know, when we're on the path that is His design for us, in spite of those things. In fact, the Bible talks about this this strange thing. He says there's this thing called peace that surpasses understanding, that you can be in the midst of just a recognition that, man, the enemy's after you, or, 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 and, and the enemy could be just simply the, the, the spiritual warfare is going on where you, you just feel the oppression and things are not going right, or sometimes he works through people that you care about or, 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 or trust, as we saw last week, and, but, but he's out there and he's after you, and yet in the midst of that, when you know you are on the path that God's designed for you, there's this sense of, it's okay, because God's going to take care of me. We watched, we've not watched Nehemiah do this. We've watched Nehemiah time and time again say, you know what, I'm going to just keep doing what I know I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to leave the other things to God. And, and so, so we've been in this study, but here's the reality. In, in the Israelites' situation, the reality is the reason, the reason Jerusalem is in rubble, the reason their homes are falling apart, the reason that they are struggling financially, the, the, the Israelite people, the reason they're just barely able to eke out a living uh, is, is because of decisions they have made, bad decisions, over and over again. If you've studied their history at all, they continue to move away from God's design for them. Uh, And he's been very clear. Here is what you need to do so that I can bless you. And they'll do that for a little while. And then they'll say, well, you know what? But this kind of, I'd like to try that. And then they head down this path and it ends up tearing up their life. And they do the same thing we do. They go, why does this keep happening? And then God would send someone into their midst and he'll say, here's what you're supposed to do. And if they repent... Excuse me. If they get back on his design, his path, then 
suddenly things start falling into place again. And, uh, but, but they keep getting off path. And that's the reality of their situation. And that's why we find them in such a, a mess at this point. But here's what is really interesting is we're going to talk about and really sort through this whole repentance word is there's a pattern that, that God established even back here that is so much uh, an illustration of, of the heart of God. Because in this situation, here are these people. They're down in Jerusalem. They're in, in really rough, a rough place because of decisions they have made because, and constantly bad decisions they've made. And you would think, so, so, so God lays out on Nehemiah's heart their, their plight, and then God arranges it so that Nehemiah can go down to them. And here's what you'd expect, at least our perspective of God, because this is a perspective we have of God so often. We have this perspective that he is just, he can't, he is just waiting. Admit your fault and let me lay the hammer down, you know? And, and so that's our perspective. So Based on that perspective, you expect as God sends Nehemiah down to those people, he sends them down with a message. Straighten up your act, and then we'll talk about rebuilding your life. You know, get it together. You get it together, and, and maybe, just maybe, if I think you're doing a good enough job, I'll, I'll help you figure out what to do to receive my blessing. That's kind of what we expect because that's so often our perspective of God. But that is just not his pattern. In fact, the reality is, if you, if you followed along the story, he sent, when he sent Nehemiah down there, Nehemiah really didn't say a word about why they were in the situation they were in. There's plenty of information, plenty of ammunition. Didn't, God didn't instruct Nehemiah to say a word about that. Nehemiah went down and said, God is for you. Look at he's already prov- made the provisions. He's, he's sent me with letters. I, I have finances. God has made a provision through a pagan king for us to rebuild our lives, to rebuild the wall, to rebuild your homes, because God cares about you. He sends Nehemiah down with a message of hope. And that is the pattern of God. It is. It's his heart for you. It's his heart for me. And long before, uh, and, and we're going to get to it today, because in, in this process now, as we, as we get to the passage we're going to look at this morning, their hearts have moved to the point where they finally say, okay, God, why do we keep getting here? What do we need to do? But long before that, God just wanted them to know that he cared for them, cared about the situation. God sent them help first, long before he addressed the need of the moment, what caused their situation, why they were there. And you know, he's going to do the same thing 400 years later in a much bigger way. Because God's going to look down on this earth And he's going to see the plight of humanity, of you and me. And he's going to see that the relationship that his heart desires to have with us has been ripped apart. Not because he's moved away from us, but because we've moved away from him. 
because we've made decisions that were contrary to his heart and his love and his will for us, and, and we've chosen to sin against him, and, and that has broken the relationship, and God's going to look at that, and he's not going to send a messenger saying, together, and then maybe we can talk about repairing this. He's going to send a Savior because he so loves the world that he sends us help first. A Savior who comes and says, I know the problem. I know what needs to happen. Someone needs to die so that God can offer you a gift and me a gift of forgiveness. And so that's what Jesus Christ did. He goes to the cross. He dies on the cross so that God can say, now as a gift, because it's been paid for as a gift, I'm offering you forgiveness of everything that you've ever done that was contrary to my will for you. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. And that's not just past, the present, that's even the future. I'm going to wipe the slate clean if you will accept this for gift. And the moment you do, I'm going to adopt you into my family. You're going to become my child. I'm going to give you, I'm going to be with you starting in this life, but I'm going to give you eternal life. You're going to be with me forever. That's what I want for you. And God did all that. Before you and I ever acknowledged that we had a problem. In fact, the Bible says, Paul writes, that he did that when we were at enmity with God. When we, we didn't, you know, not only did we think we had a problem, we figured God had the problem, and we weren't even sure we wanted a relationship with him. And, and, and then he did all of that knowing that only a percentage, a small percentage of humanity would even respond, and yet he died for everyone. He paid the price for everyone. And so I want to I start there right now because... I hope you hear God's heart for you. And, and if you don't have that relationship with, with him, I hope you understand that the offer to you today is, if you'll accept it, I will forgive you of the, the thing that separated our relationship. I'll take it all on me. That's what God's saying. I'll take it all on me, the whole cost, and offer the gift of Adoption into my family, eternal life, forgiveness of sin. And so, so make sure you see that. That's God's heart. And, and it's so amazing. That's the way he did. He didn't start off by, let me, let me tell you what your problem is. He started off by, let me send you help. Exactly like he did with the Israelites. He didn't come preaching. We call those messages he, got, he gave preaching sometimes a sermon, like the Sermon on the Mount, but go read the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed. God's sharing the story of, I want you to have blessing. And he came offering a restored for relationship, forgiveness, life with him forever. So there he is. And so that brings us back now to this pattern that was set up even in the Old Testament. And, and then Nehemiah is sent down to the people, and they've gone through this whole process. They've seen as, as they've seen the enemies just come out of the woodwork and just try to constantly stop the blessing that God is trying to, to demonstrate to them, that he loves them and that he cares about them. And, and, and all this process over and again the enemies of, of God's people and Satan have tried to put a stop to God's blessing on their life, and yet they've seen God time and time again take care of them, even though they didn't deserve it. And, you know, here's the, I think probably, this is reading between the lines, but not so much as we get to these passages. 
as they keep seeing these ha- things happen, as they see God's provision, and, and, the, and this wall gets built, rebuilt in record time, and, and he protects them when the enemy says, we're going to come and kill you when you're least expecting it. All these things happen, even sending this guy named Nehemiah, who they didn't know, and he comes in here, he brings this message of hope and finances and all these things, and they keep seeing this. And, and, and i got to suspect that the whole process, as, as they're seeing God lavish his love on them, this question keeps coming up, boy, you know, I don't deserve this. Why, why is he doing this for me? You know, and it's often when, when people do something nice for us, uh, especially if we're, if we're in this pattern of where we're kind of on the selfish type of, you know, of a pathway, you know, we tend to not trust them for a while. And so it takes a while, and then eventually they come to this point where they're saying, I think God really cares. I think he really loves me. And that's the message God wanted to get. And so then finally they come to this point where we get to where we left off last week in chapter 8. It says, the Israelites, they, the Israelites, told Ezra the scribe, bring out the book of the law. Do you hear what's happening there? God first sends help, and then finally their hearts come to the point where they say, all right, God, we, we want to hear from you. Our way hasn't worked. And, and maybe some of you are sitting here and, and you're saying right now, my wife talked to Paul this week, and I know that, because uh, he's talking about me today. Yeah, and and our, I keep, you know, I, we, we keep getting to the same, every week, it seems like some point in the week, we get to the same battle, the same explosion, or, 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 you know, my finances are the same. And, and so, but God just can't, keeps it taking care of us and, and, and sends his help and, and delivers us. And because he's hoping at some point we'll come and say, okay, God, my way's not working. My way's not working. What do I need to do? And that's what they do. So they say, we want to hear. They tell Ezra. Ezra, remember the scribe? We talked about him last week. They said, read to us from the book. We want to hear. We want to hear what God has to say because obviously our way doesn't work. Our way doesn't work. I try and I try and I try and I keep ending up with the same results and this is insanity. I need to stop, God. I need to ask you, what is your way? And, and so it goes on. He, so he read to him. He read, in fact, you know, I know some of you... Uh, uh, it's really hard not to look at your clocks, and, and I got one there, and I got one there, and I'm watching the clock too. I doubt that many of you would hang around to hear me talk all day, let alone just read, but that's what they did. They were so hungry. They knew they knew something was wrong. Something's gotten out of whack in our life. We keep finding ourselves in the same place over and over again. We got to hear from God, and so all day long, Ezra read from daybreak all day long, and, and, and look at in the presence of men, women, and others who can understand, even children. It's, they all listen to the Word of God. Why did they listen to the Word of God? Because they wanted to hear from God. And, and two things here, just to point, God didn't push His way into their lives. He loved His way into their lives, which is exactly what He's trying to do in you and I. And He waits till they're ready. So they come back to, to Ezra then, 
And it says all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. You know, it wasn't just an exercise of religion. It's not just they said, okay, you know, remember way back when that guy used to get up in our church services and there's that portion where he would just read from the word? Yeah, we probably ought to put that back in our, our religious exercises here. That's not what's going on. They, they, when it says they listen attentively, it, says, it means that they wanted to understand. They're saying in their hearts to Ezra, we've seen the hand of God in our life. We understand that our way doesn't work. We need to hear from God. What is it we're supposed to do? This is what is called repentance. God, I want to hear from you. I, I, I want on your path. I want to sense your blessing and your pleasure and the refreshment that we heard about in that opening video. I want that. And my way's not working. I keep ending up in the same spot, and that's insanity, and I don't want to be on that treadmill anymore. I want to understand. And let me encourage you. There's some of that in your heart. Oh, here's, here's our tendency today. So, so we go to the library or the bookstore, and, and we find there's probably a good book out there, you know, how to stop the insanity of doing things over and over, or how to, you know. And, and there's a lot of good books there. And, and some really good authors. And I'm not saying don't read them, but make sure you spend time here. If, if you're one of those individuals that's not yet in that relationship with Jesus Christ, let me encourage you. If you and if you don't have a Bible, man, we have a stack of them back there. We'll, we'll give you one. We'll give you, we'll give you three. You want one for your car, one for your office, and one for home? We'll give you as many as you need. And I would encourage you, if, you're, if you haven't made that decision yet, you know, don't start in Genesis. It's a really good book, but that's not the place to start. Go, go to the second section called the New Testament and read one of the Gospels. That means good news. And, and so read what Matthew, an eyewitness to Christ's life, what he has to say, or, or, or Luke or John, especially John. I'd really encourage you with John because he really lays out God's heart for you. And, I, and that's what you need to hear. And if you're a follower of Christ, you know, I suspect if you are found yourself in one of those insane patterns of life, i gotta got to believe that probably this book isn't very much part of your life. So that's what they did. They said, boy, we need to hear from the Word of God. We want to understand it. So God sent them help first. Didn't come preaching. Didn't come, you know, you, you terrible people. Get your act together. And maybe he came, first of all, letting them know, here's my heart for you. They responded to that by wanting to hear from God. And and then it says, in Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, here's what we find out. They got into the word of God and something happened. All of a sudden they realized, I've got so far off track. And look what happened. He, they say to him, this, is a, this day is sacred to your Lord. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Hmm. It suddenly dawned on them that the struggles, the, the patterns they were in, this constant insanity that always ended the same way, and yet they kept doing the same thing over again. They realized, ah, I've gotten so far off track, and it broke their hearts. It broke their hearts. They began weeping. They, they, they were grieving. And, and if you've ever had that happen, and I have in my life, where, you know, you've gone a direction, you know, I was wrong. I, sh- I shouldn't have gone that direction. It was kind of, and, and, and the, it dawns on you that 
I've lost so much time. I've lost so much opportunity. These struggles that I've had, this pattern I'm in, this, these constant coming back to the same thing over and over again, I didn't have to be there, and, and it breaks your heart. But it's really interesting. Ezra and Nehemiah says, this, this is not a day to mourn. This is a day to celebrate. It's a sacred day because today you've realized God's heart for you. What a wonderful place to be. So hearing God's word caused them to realize how far they had moved from God. And it says, Then they stood in their places and confessed their sins and the wickedness of their fathers. Really interesting. We are not going to go through all what happens, but chapter 9, that introduction is, you know, they, they first of all, and it's, they say, they, and there's no playing around here. There's no, in fact, if you look at it, you know, like I said early on, the guy with the rope, well, I just picked up a rope. There's none of that. In fact, the whole chapter now, as it goes down through, they want to be—they want to make sure that God knows that they know all the things they've done wrong. Then they go through the whole list. Lord, I know, and the, and so that's what that chapter is—them just talking about all the things they know, and not only their own sins, but the sins of their fathers too and their grandfather. And basically, what they're saying is, God, I know this is not your problem; it's my problem. That's what repentance is. It's saying, God, that the issue is me. I've chosen my own path, I've set up my own patterns, I've done my own thing, and I've found out it does not work, and I'm the problem. I'm the problem. They acknowledged that God was right, and they were wrong. And and just let me clue you in on something, and me in on something. He's always right. (laughs) Man, he's always right. They acknowledge, God, the problem is not you, it's me, and, and I want what you're offering. For some of you, that's an offering of a relationship with him by accepting that gift of salvation. For some of you who have already accepted that, it's what? doesn't have to be this way. I have a design. I have a path for you. My heart for you is blessing and pleasure and rejoicing and refreshment. And if you're not experiencing that right now, then maybe it's time to take another look at where your life is and repent and understand what that word means. That word represents the heart of God for you. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get on the path of your design for me because I want to experience your blessing and your pleasure. And so they went through that whole process, and they made this commitment. We will not neglect the house of the Lord. Because in their situation, what had happened is they got off track with their worship. God wasn't a part, you know, he was a, they would mention him, they'd use the words, maybe, you know, they went to a meeting once in a while. But he was not who they worshipped. Their life did not resolve, revolve around God. And so they're acknowledging that. They're saying, we, we will not neglect that anymore. You will become the center of your life. You're why we are going to do what we do. You're going to be the direction center of our life. We're making that decision today. We are getting on the path so that you can bless us and take care of us and provide for us like you always wanted to, but you couldn't because of the decisions we were making. We will not neglect the house of our God anymore. You want to know the truth? They do. (laughs) We do. But here's God, always there, ready. The moment we 
wake up and say, ah, man, I've done it again. God, I am so sorry, ready to respond and bring the blessing. So where are you? What's going on in your life today? Is this your opportunity? Is God saying to you right now in your hearts, it's time to choose a new path? Time to get off that treadmill of insanity that keeps putting you in the same place over and over again. Is that what he's saying in your heart? Time to do an about face so that I can bless you. So that I can take care of you. So that I can provide for you. So that I can refresh you. I want to give us an opportunity. I'm going to close us in prayer in just a moment. And then we're going to sing a song as we end our worship time. But I want to give us an opportunity before that. I just want you to have a chance to talk to God personally. Just We're going to all be quiet. And, and part of your discussion with God might be, Lord, I don't even know you. I don't have that relationship. And I've heard again this morning that you're offering me forgiveness. You are offering me a relationship. And I don't know that I understand totally what that means, but I want that. And, and so, Lord, I... Accept that forgiveness. And, and thank you for making me part of your family. Or maybe you've already done that, but you recognize, you know what, this, this pattern's in, I'm on in my life. I, yeah, it's me. It's my decisions. It's my insanity, and, and I don't want to do this anymore. I want God to be the focus of my life. I want to be on his path. And so I'm, I'm coming to God today, and I'm making an about face. I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm choosing you. Whatever that conversation is that needs to take place, have it now. Take that time. Talk to your God, and then I'll close this in a moment. never cease to be amazed, Father, at your heart for us, of your patience, of your willingness to time and time again step into our world, move towards us even when we're moving away from you. Take care of us when we don't deserve to be cared for. Protect us when we don't deserve to be protected and, and yet always there for us, always waiting for us to move back to you, always wanting to Bring that blessing that you've always planned for us. That was your design. So thank you for this word, repent. And all it means and all it tells us about your heart for us, that path that you have that is full of blessing and refreshment. And Lord, if there is someone here this morning that has never accepted your offer of forgiveness, that gift that you're offering, no strings attached, I pray that they will make that decision today, that you will not allow them to be distracted or, or fooled by the enemy who, who wants to make sure they never come to that 
that, that realization and never accept that give and never begin that relationship with you. And so I pray that today they'll begin it. They'll, they'll make that step. They'll accept that offer of yours. And, and Lord, as your children and, and as, your, as True North Church, Lord, help our, our worship to revolve around you and nothing else. You're the center of our world. You're why we do what we do. You're our direction. You're, you're where we find our appetites and where we look to for our pleasure. Thank you, God, for having such a big heart for us and for the opportunity we're going to have tonight to celebrate that as we break the bread and drink the cup. And with these things in mind now, Lord, we end this time together. And Lord, we just thank you that you give us an opportunity to be the light and salt in the lost world around us. Help us to do that well. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.